the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. See household. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. If you can tell by my sound of my voice, I am not Bob France. I am Khalid Namar, sitting in for Bob France. I'll be here today and tomorrow, um, you know, with you. So thanks for joining me today. I am the co-host of the Todd Allen Show, which you can hear on Sunday nights here on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, I have to give big, big shout outs to Bob France for allowing me to sit in his seat. I have listened to this network for about 15 years. So for me to be sitting here is kind of surreal right now. And I just have to just, you know, give thanks and blessings to, to Bob France for calling on me, which is a huge vote of confidence to sit in his seat. Uh, and I will do you proud, my brother. So, uh, you know, I got your back and, you know, I have to give, uh, also thanks to my co-host Todd Allen, who first introduced me and got me into radio with him a few years ago and our producer, uh, Darvio Morrow, who actually got us picked up by uh, AM 1420. So I am not here by myself. I had a lot of support and confidence of people along the way. So I will be here today and tomorrow. We got a packed show today. I have a couple of interviews coming up in the second, second segment. Uh, a friend of our show, the Todd Allen show is a uh, Cleveland attorney, Jeffrey Sindelar. And we will talk about the uh, Mueller report and we'll talk about uh, a couple of other related issues to that. And later on, I will be getting in, in the second hour, we'll be talking to a friend of our show again from the CIA, a gentleman by the name of Scott Eulinger, who will talk more about uh, the uh, middle report and the spying scandal. But 
first, I want to get into something that kept me up last night, quite literally. I, I was very angry last night because this sort of came to me late. And I was trying to figure out what to talk about in the opening monologue. And I, and I got to the point where I said, well, you know, this story got lit a fire under me. So I literally came up with this last night. I heard something pretty disturbing. Uh, those of you who don't know, Herman Cain was under consideration for uh, uh, the Federal Reserve Board. And he withdrew his name after much controversy. But he withdrew his name for what many feel is a very nefarious and disgusting reason. I'm going to play a clip for you. And this is what I heard last night that literally got my blood boiling. Listen to this clip. Ginger, if asked at the United States Senate Banking Committee hearing, will also be willing to identify certain parts of Mr. Kane's body to corroborate her testimony. This testimony will not be necessary if Mr. Kane withdraws his name from the vetting process and or the president decides not to formally nominate him. Now, did you hear that? That was utterly disgusting. That's you can call that blackmail. You can call it extortion, whatever you want. This woman, Ginger White, Ginger White had a 13 year affair with Herman Cain. And that's who Gloria Allred was referencing when she said Ginger. Ginger White, a 13 year affair with a married man who is now weaponizing herself. We've heard WMD. Well, this is WPD, Weapon of Women of Personal Destruction. So for you to have a, a, an affair with a, a man for 13 years for your own financial benefit, because we know Herman Cain's a very wealthy man, and then to turn around and blackmail him while getting no pushback from other women, I find this pretty disgusting. You get to go on a tour of talk shows and interviews when no one will ask you a question, well, why did you have an affair with a married man for 13 years? And now why are you trying to destroy him? Both parties are responsible. Of course, Herman Cain is responsible. But as the old saying goes that we've all heard, it, it takes two to tango. But no one's holding her accountable for this. And, I, and I'm wondering why does she take the moral high ground when you entered into this long 13 years is a very long time. And no one ever seems to question these women who cash in and capitalize on fooling around with married men. They become quasi-celebrities. And Gloria Allred is, is, I'm sorry, she's the female Michael Avenatti. Of course, she was around before him. But she's a, she's a female Michael Avenatti. She's a, she's a, I won't call her name, but she is not, she's, she's not a favorite person of mine. She's never been a favorite person of mine. You have represented some women who have felt they've been really victimized, but you've also represented women who've entered in consensual affairs and then have decided to play the victim. In, in the case of Tiger Woods' uh, affairs, you represented a couple of these women who entered into an affair with a man who the entire planet knew he was married for their own benefit. But when it's exposed, then you, you get the press conference with the tears and you're now the victim. This does a disservice to women who are really victimized and Someone needs to call this out. Well, I'm going to do it today because this was utterly disgusting for you to say you're going to reveal parts of his body unless he withdraws his name. 
years ago when the Arnold Schwarzenegger case broke with uh, in the affair with his nanny, um, there was an article on the cover of Time magazine, which I have in front of me right now. It's called Sex, Lies, Arrogance. What makes powerful men act like pigs? So there was a response to this article and laid out some very good points to as to why this happens. But there's another side to this. And I'm going to read you part of this article. So as a response to this article, is the writer goes on to say, in, in, in my opinion, the article failed to answer its own question by ignoring a very important component. It's the women, stupid. Our behavior as men is not independent of women. The counterpart to rich, powerful men are the materialistic and opportunistic women who aggressively pursue them. For every politician or famous golfer who splashed across the headline for extramarital indiscretions, there is a woman who is a willing accomplice. Women become readily available and disposable commodities for men of considerable wealth, fame, and or influence. Politicians, athletes, entertainers, and wealthy professionals rank as the most sought-after men in any society. The late actor Patrick Swayze once recounted an incident of a woman who grabbed his rear end in the presence of his wife. Actor Will Smith speaks of frequently being propositioned by women who I'm sure are well aware of his marital status. In today's tabloid-dominated 24-hour news cycle, these women have the luxury of enjoying a tawdry affair with a wealthy and famous man, then with light speed transform themselves into victims while sitting alongside Gloria Allred at a press conference when the tryst is exposed. Men's behavior in the area of marriage and fidelity is made possible by the equally moral frailty of those women. Those women who have no respect for themselves or the institution of marriage. The primal desire of women, of some women, is to be taken care of by a man, even if that man is married, which explains why a nanny or live-in housekeeper would have an affair with a wealthy man while she looks his unsuspecting wife in the face on a daily basis. And that's the reference to the Arnold Schwarzenegger case. Famous wealthy men have a particularly difficult time in resisting temptation when around every corner there is a woman willing to indulge them. Now, I am not absolving the men. I'm just giving you the other side that we never talk about the women. And this woman who has entered into this long-term relationship and benefited financially from it while the man was married with a family now turns into uh, a destroyer of this, of this same person who she was equally responsible um, in this situation. So that is disturbing to me and people need to call this out. So what happens now since 1989 during the Clarence Thomas hearings, there's two ways you're going to be destroyed. If you ascend to a high position, you're going to be destroyed via, uh, you know, accusations of racism, or you're going to be destroyed by a woman. That started with Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill, and we've only gotten worse at it as a society. And I think it's it's vile. Joe Biden, who I'm no fan of, I defended him on our air from these very, very thin, you know, accusations. It basically is a smear. Any every woman who says she's been made uncomfortable by a man does not deserve an interview on CNN. Women who are assaulted, groped, raped, obviously this vile behavior and that should be called out and addressed 
However, if someone made you uncomfortable at a banquet once because he touched your shoulder, that doesn't deserve an interview uh, all of a sudden when, they, when the man is running for higher office. Because apparently these women who came out against Biden did not have a problem with him when he was vice president for eight years. Now that he's running for president, they just realized they were made uncomfortable. Someone needs to challenge these women and say, well, why are you coming out now and not when this person had this position? It's okay for a sexual harasser to be vice president of the United States, but not president of the United States. It's okay for a man to sit on the second highest court in the land, but not the Supreme Court. It's ridiculous. So this is what really made me so angry last night. And, and Gloria Allred never sees any woman who she doesn't uh, see as, as a dollar sign and, and, and as a victim. Some of these women that we've heard about are real victims. You enter to, into an affair with a married man. He gets you an apartment, pays your bills for years. I'm sorry, you're not a victim. You are an accomplice. And that what I, is, is something that, oh, and full disclosure, <laughs> I wrote that article that I just read to you. I wrote it in 2011. And the title, again, if men are pigs, women are piglets. And I'm not calling women piglets in general. I'm talking about women who enter into these situations. So I, you know, don't need your hate mail. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's I'm calling out that particular behavior. And so. Gloria, I actually sent her a tweet last night. I, w- I didn't call her name. I was very respectful, but I just let her know that, that I vehemently disapproved of her positioning uh, on this issue. So we're going to be back on the other side and talk to a special guest, Jeffrey Sendelar, on the whole Mueller scandal and so forth. And we'll get into that. I am Khalid Namar. I am in for Bob France, and you're listening to the Bob France Authority. Nineteen pounds. That's how many pounds my friend Floyd tells me that he has lost already since he started taking Calitrin. Absolutely spectacular. Congratulations to Lloyd. And I keep hearing, Floyd, I should say, and I keep hearing these success stories from so many people, and I am becoming one myself because I am down about 10 since I started at a very steady 1 to 2 pounds per week. Calitrin is helping people get healthier. And it's not just about weight loss, but you know some of the problems we can face if you're not sleeping well at night. You have low energy during the day. you got joint pain that makes it tougher for you to exercise. You need relief from those things, and that's what Calitrin is all about helping you lose weight in a healthy way that helps you feel better as well. Now, Elizabeth from Calitrin has been through the process. She has lost a lot of weight and kept it off. She's going to tell us about that. And Elizabeth, also, can you please tell us about the very special offer that we have going on right now from Calitrin? Yes, sir. I've actually lost 40 pounds with it, and I've kept that off for three years now. And my husband, he's lost 15 pounds with it. It really is such a great product. It's a health supplement that just helps you lose weight. And y'all, right now, they've got their huge special right now. It's the biggest one they have all year. It's the unlimited buy three, get three free. So this is the perfect time to try it. You're going to get six months half off right there. Check it out. The website is toploss.com, T-O-P-L-O-S-S.com. That's the website. You can also call, talk to a real live healthcare professional. If you have questions, the number is 1-833-TOP-LOSS, 1-833-TOP-LOSS. I love the fact that that's unlimited too. So if you buy three months, you get three months free. If you buy six months, you
you get six months free. That's right. You can take care of your whole year's supply of Calitrin for the cost of just six months. And if you order now using my promo code authority, you'll also get free shipping as well. Call 833-TOP-LOSS, as Elizabeth said, or log on to toploss.com. And in either case, use the promo code authority to get that special pricing. It is this week only. Do not let this opportunity slip by. 833-TOP-LOSS or online at toploss.com and use that promo code authority. We are back on the Bob France Authority. I am Khalid Namar, and I'll be in today and tomorrow. If you want to get in, uh, give us a call at one triple eight two eight one eleven hundred, or you can call at nine zero one zero nine four five air code two one six, and we'll try to get in your calls near the bottom of the hour. But right now, I have a special guest who is a friend of the show, uh, Cleveland attorney, who deals with appellate and legal issues at the law firm of Tucker Ellis, and he actually ran for Common Police Court, and he's been on our legal analyst on the Todd Allen Show uh, for a little while now. So uh, that would be Jeffrey Sindelar. How are you, Jeff? Are you there? Thank you for having me on the show. How are you doing, Jeff? Good morning. Thanks for uh, taking the time. So I wanted to get your, your thoughts, because the last couple of days, we've obviously you know had the Mutual Report come out, and since there was no collusion, found uh, according to the report but now the pivot has been towards obstruction of justice which now there's all these arguments that there should be impeachment because there was obstruction so have you had a chance to dive into this this argument of obstruction and what is your take on it yeah i've i've looked at this some it's a, it's a very interesting case if if people don't want to read the full report uh there's an executive summary of both Part 1, uh, which is what dealt with the Russian collusion investigation, and Part 2, which is this obstruction of justice part. And, and, and you can get a good idea of what the Mueller team was looking at here. And the really interesting thing that you take away reading the obstruction of, of justice aspect of this report is that they, they state that, one, they weren't conducting a traditional investigation because it's it's very rare that you'd ever be in a situation where you could criminally indict a sitting president. So they'd already decided they were not going to indict uh, going into the report. And then they determined that um, if they had clearly determined the president did not commit obstruction of justice, they would have said so. But they said that there were a lot of difficult questions about his conduct that left them unable to reach a conclusion. And the, the the interesting thing to me when you read this is is one, given that there was no collusion with Russia, it, it's unclear why the president would want to um, obstruct justice or interfere with this re- report and this investigation in the first place. Uh, but on the other hand, it, it seems like he did take some acts uh, that certainly show that he wasn't happy that the investigation was going forward. And it, it seems to me like the president just didn't like this cloud hanging over than him. And rather than sitting back and letting the investigation play out, he kept talking about how unfair it was and how unfair it was. And since he's the president, his words had more weight than if you or I uh, were commenting on on what we thought of the ongoing investigation. Yeah, we all know the president is very thin-skinned. I was, like many other people, I'm sure, screaming at him, just just keep your mouth shut. Um, If you... Just let the process go. You don't have to defend yourself every other day because, as you know, your public statements, particularly when you are a public official or the president, can be used against you. So when it comes to impeachment, well, not impeachment, but obstruction, 
since we've never had a president other than Nixon uh, accused of obstruction, but of course it was never adjudicated because he resigned. Do you think that if you were in court and you were arguing for obstruction, do you think the case is pretty strong or do you think that it has so many holes in it that you cannot prove it beyond a reasonable doubt? I, I think there are a lot of holes in this. Uh, the, the, the first thing you'll notice is you know, as the President of the United States, uh, Trump has the power to fire people in the executive branch, including uh, James Comey as FBI director. So you can't just say, well, he fired the FBI director, therefore he was preventing an investigation into him. Uh, first of all, you know that's part of the presidential power under Article 2 to make decisions in the executive branch. So you can't limit the presidential power in this way, or else that's really taking the power away from the duly elected uh, president of the United States. So right there, you, you have this limitation on what you can really view as, as obstructive versus non-obstructive behavior. Uh, secondly, given that there was no under, underlying crime, it seems difficult to conclude that there was an intent to obstruct in an investigation that, that he obviously would have known uh, would not have found that he had uh, colluded with, with, with the Russians in the 2016 election. Uh, and then third, the, the element you have where, where there might be a, a little area where I could see someone seeing obstruction is, you know, there is not a law saying that the president can't um, you know, is, is immune if he bribes a witness or if he convinces a witness not to testify truthfully, because you know, those types of acts are not Article Two presidential powers, uh, such as hiring and firing the FBI director would be. Um, but e- even in that third category of tampering with witnesses, you know, there's no suggestion that the president offered to, to bribe anyone in some way, but he made all these public statements about, oh, I think, I think that this witness is a good guy, and he's, he's going to stand firm, and I'm not going to rule out a, um, a pardon. So that's where there's some wiggle room, but given the heightened standard for a criminal prosecution, I, I really couldn't see a conviction occurring uh, after the president leaves okay. office. So I'm going to hold you over, Jeff. you got a few more minutes for you. We are back on the Todd Allen Show. Again, I am Khalid Namar. We are talking to Jeffrey Sendelar Jr., a Cleveland attorney and former candidate to the Common Police Court. We're analyzing the whole Mueller situation uh jeffrey yes um so we were talking about the obstruction charge now when it comes to impeachment we know that impeachment is a political tool not necessarily a legal tool so we don't have the same legal thresholds am i correct uh yes you're absolutely correct there it's a uh, high crimes and misdemeanors is what the constitutional language says but it's it's really up to the the members of congress how they're going to determine whether those have been committed Okay, so now we know that there's talk on one faction of the Democrat Party to impeach and the other, you know, faction does not want to impeach. So which leads me to believe that (laughs) they won't do it because I think politically it'll be pretty much a disaster. But when it comes to um, this obstruction charge, what happens in the process since we've we've only had this uh, back in the Clinton days is the Office of Legal Counsel. Are they, uh, they're responsible, also legal counsel is responsible for advising the president of constitutional matters. Would they get in a room with, say, members of the, the House and hash this out? How does that process work? Are you familiar with that process? 
Yeah, so the, so the, the Congress ha- has their own legal counsel who would look into and advise on these matters. The, the Office of Legal Counsel is uh, one of the more respected groups in the DOJ, and, and one of their roles is advising the president on constitutional issues. And presidents will often turn to the Office of Legal Counsel if, if there's a, an issue where they want to know whether or not an action they want to take is, is constitutional or unconstitutional. And those, those uh, opinions given by the Office of Legal Counsel are aren't binding. The courts are the final arbiters, but the, the Office of Legal Counsel's uh, opinions are held in very high regard. Uh, in this case, though, it, it's really up to the Congress. We're talking about separation of powers where the president can fire the FBI director because that's a power given to him under Article 2. Uh, un- under Article 1, the, the, the Congress uh, sets its own uh, rules for determining when it considers to go forward with an impeachment. So this is really, we're seeing all three branches, how they fit together uh, in this constitutional structure here. What I find interesting is that there's plenty of sound bites from Democrats who were calling for Comey's firing. And then when he was fired, they were outraged about it. But that's another issue which I find to be interesting. <laughs> there's plenty. Um, Maxine Waters famously said before she dropped the mic, the FBI director has no credibility. And then she walked off the stage. But when he gets fired, why did you fire him? I think that's kind of crazy. Now, it's my understanding that his firing was recommended by Rod Rosenstein. Are you familiar with that with that point? Because I believe that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, so it's 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 amazing how how an election can change people's uh, opinions of of a man. Uh, so, so yeah, so 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 the Democrats were very angry at James Comey, and there are a lot of people who think that it was actually Comey's decision to to come forward in the final uh, week of the election and say, "Hey, we had to reopen this investigation into Hillary Clinton," because you remember he he took it upon himself um, in July. To, to have a press conference and say that no reasonable prosecutor uh, would, would pursue charges against her. Uh, then, because he had overstepped his bounds in doing that, he was obligated to come forward the week before the election and again say, hey, we had to reopen this investigation because we found some new documents. Uh, you know, and given how close the outcome of the election was, some people think that may have actually swayed the election uh, to President Trump. Uh, now, 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 because of that, a lot of people were saying Comey should have been fired regardless, and then there was a there was an internal evaluation a report headed up by Rod Rosenstein that determined uh, that Comey had acted inappropriately. Uh, Trump fired Comey around the time that report came out, but if you remember, uh, Trump was interviewed shortly thereafter and said he'd already decided he was going to fire Comey regardless of what the report said. So so we have a case again of, of, of Trump just not accepting a win and, and shooting himself in the foot even <laughs> if he was in the right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're right about that. Because I said, I said on a on our air that if Trump does something good, he has a conversation with himself and it says, well, now what can I do to screw it up? So, so he, he doesn't yeah. know how to take a win. He just, he, he can't decide. So I, I, I just wonder with all the investigations that are going on, there's been so many investigations going on. I'm really myself and I have to follow this because of, you know what I do, but even I get tired of all the investigations. So now we have a situation where the Democrats are going to have to decide very quickly what they're going to do. What do you think the price would be politically if they were to pursue impeachment because we have an election season which has already begun? Do you think they, they're foolish enough to, to undertake uh, uh, impeachment proceedings during an election season? 
Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say I can judge how, how foolish a, a political party will be. That's not for me to do. They, they, they always find a way to impress me. But uh, what, what, what I will say is, you know, if, if I were in the Democrats' shoes here, I would say we've been, we've been looking at this Mueller report for 22 months. We've been putting all of our weight into this and, and came up empty with this Russian collusion and this, this treason narrative. Now you have an opportunity. You're, you're sitting about 18 months out from the next election. Do you want to start focusing on policy and trying to distinguish yourself from the president and pointing out what you think he's doing wrong and what we're going to do differently? Or are you going to, again, uh, chase after something related to this, this collusion narrative or this, uh, this um, obstruction narrative? Uh, you know, it seems to me like the way we pick our president is we have elections every four years. Uh, now is really when you need to start making that case, because if you can win the election, you don't have to impeach the president. If you go after impeachment and, and, and you don't get him out or you're able to impeach but not convict in the Senate, which is what would happen because the Republicans control the Senate, uh, you, you may end up actually uh, firing up a lot of people in Trump's favor or turning off a lot of people in the middle who think, you know, we had a 22-month investigation. It, it did not find any collusion. And now you're still trying to impeach based on collusion? Uh, you know, you know wh- wh- why, why do you think this is the way to go here? Yeah, and Jeffrey Sindelar Jr. is our guest. So we got about, about a minute left. Last question. Uh, so next, do you see any clear front runner in the Democrat Party? Uh, Bernie, they're afraid of Bernie because I don't think they want the party to go that far left. But is there anybody out there you think is being overlooked? Have you looked at the field? Because there's about 40 <laughs> it's like 40 people run for president on Democrat side. What do you think? Have you seen anyone that thinks that uh, that you think that people should keep an eye on? Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, Pete, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Mayor Pete, as, as people are calling him, so they don't have to pronounce his last name, is <laughs> is really an impressive candidate to me. Um, you, you look at his background, his, his military service, his going back to be uh, mayor of his hometown, and, and he's also, I, I think, the most articulate uh, Democratic candidate who I think can speak to you know, normal people who aren't obsessed with politics and paying attention to it 24-7. Um, I, I, think, I think as his message gets out, he may really be able to resonate with a, a lot of people who, who want an end to the, the hysteria uh, we're seeing coming out from the left now. Uh, and you know, you know, a very impressive thing about Mayor Pete to me is that you know he's he's running as as, as an openly gay married man, uh, but but that's like item fifteen you hear on the list of him. I, I think that really shows uh, how far we've come as a country in in, in, in how we look at candidates and um, you know you know candidates who are gay, where it's we look at everything in their life and evaluate them on that, and it's oh yeah by the way. This, this guy also so happens to be gay. So I, I, think, I think that's a, you know, it's, it's a major milestone in where we've come as a country, and, and, and I think he's going to really be, uh, if not in 2020, a force to be reckoned with uh, down the road. Yeah. Well, he may have ruined Beto's uh, political aspirations, but that's, that's the time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Sindelar Jr., thank you so much once again for coming in and giving us your insights and analysis. I appreciate your time, and we will talk again. Thank you very much, Khalid. Appreciate it. All right. We are headed to the final segment. Uh, I will be back. We have a guest, Brandon Tatum, former police officer. Got to hear his story. It's an amazing story. Former Arizona police officer. Uh, we'll talk to him on the other side. I am Khalid Namar, and I'm in for Bob France. We'll be right back. Nineteen pounds. 
That's how many pounds my friend Floyd tells me that he has lost already since he started taking Calitrin. Absolutely spectacular. Congratulations to Lloyd. And I keep hearing, Floyd, I should say, and I keep hearing these success stories from so many people, and I am becoming one myself because I am down about 10 since I started at a very steady 1 to 2 pounds per week. Calitrin is helping people get healthier. And it's not just about weight loss, but you know some of the problems we can face if you're not sleeping well at night. You have low energy during the day. you got joint pain that makes it tougher for you to exercise. You need relief from those things, and that's what Calitrin is all about helping you lose weight in a healthy way that helps you feel better as well. Now, Elizabeth from Calitrin has been through the process. She has lost a lot of weight and kept it off. She's going to tell us about that. And Elizabeth, also, can you please tell us about the very special offer that we have going on right now from Calitrin? Yes, sir. I've actually lost 40 pounds with it, and I've kept that off for three years now. And my husband, he's lost 15 pounds with it. It really is such a great product. It's a health supplement that just helps you lose weight. And y'all, right now, they've got their huge special right now. It's the biggest one they have all year. It's the unlimited buy three, get three free. So this is the perfect time to try it. You're going to get six months half off right there. Check it out. The website is toploss.com, T-O-P-L-O-S-S.com. That's the website. You can also call, talk to a real live healthcare professional. If you have questions, the number is 1-833-TOP-LOSS, 1-833-TOP-LOSS. I love the fact that that's unlimited too. So if you buy three months, you get three months free. If you buy six months, you get six months free. That's right. You can take care of your whole year's supply of Calitrin for the cost of just six months. And if you order now using my promo code authority, you'll also get free shipping as well. Call 833-TOP-LOSS, as Elizabeth said, or log on to toploss.com. And in either case, use the promo code authority to get that special pricing. It is this week only. Do not let this opportunity slip by. 833-TOP-LOSS or online at toploss.com and use that promo code authority. We are back on the Bob France Authority. I am Khalid Namar, and for Bob France. So, um, we're, we're waiting on the guests, actually. But uh, if you want to get in, uh, 888-281-1100 or 216-901-0945. Uh, if you want to you know, talk about uh, things we've covered today. So, th- th- with, with regard to impeachment, the Democrats have become a party of gimmicks, in my opinion. Gimmicks like allowing 16-year-olds to vote, abolishing the Electoral College, chasing Trump's taxes. You know, these, these things are gimmicks. These aren't policy issues. There was an actual push by some Democrats to allow 16-year-olds to vote. Um, Ayanna Presley, a representative, for, a Democrat from Massachusetts, wanted to allow uh, 16-year-olds to vote. We have this push by certain states to abolish the Electoral College, slavery reparations. All of the Democrat candidates have signed off on slavery reparations, which leads me to speculate that they're not very serious because you're going to lose a large portion of the country if you get on the national stage and you start pushing things like this. 16-year-olds should not vote. I want to know if any parents out there would allow their 16-year-olds to decide how they want to uh, spend their, how they going to spend their paycheck. I don't think anybody would do that. 16 year olds, we have a, we have an, a, a, an age limit for voting for a reason, because if you want to say 16, well then why not 15? So part gimmicks like that just do not work. And we're going to find out because I want them to get on the stage in the debates. 
I want them to explain to the American voters why they think slavery reparations is a, is a, is a an intelligent policy initiative, and who do you think is going to sign on on to that? So while we got a moment, I want to take a call. We're going to go to Jeff in Beechwood. Jeff, are you there? Trying to get Jeff on the line. Uh, Jeff's not there. Uh, Jeff, let me try again. Jeff, Jeff, are you there? Hello? Yes, Jeff. You're on with yes. uh, Khalid Namar and the Bob France Authority. Good morning. Good morning, Khalid. Um, I'm kind of really disturbed and worried that we're not going to see uh, from the Republicans what they promised they're going to be sending us. You know, the our investigations that are going to be going against the Democrats. Uh, the Democrats for two years or more have been spouting out stuff as if it was reality when in, there was no basis on it. Whereas Republicans have already so much proof of violations of, of swearing under oath and, and stuff that went on behind the scenes. We should be talking about it every day because as the Democrats realize, when you just keep saying things over and over and over again, it, it gets embedded in people's minds. And we should be doing the same thing. The Republicans know for a fact that Democrats really colluded and really violated the law. The DOJ, the FBI, the, the, all the uh, and even the, the upper echelons of the Obama administration, we have proof. So at least if it hasn't come out yet, if they're not ready, we should be talking about it every single day. And I don't know why we're not. It, it really worries me. Well, I agree with you partially, and I'll tell you why. We have to focus on policy and actually getting things done. The Democrats don't have ideas or policy. They don't. Their whole agenda since they took over the House is to destroy Trump. And even Bernie Sanders said this the other day at the town hall. They have Trump derangement syndrome uh, and uh, on steroids. We have to focus on policy and getting things done. I understand what you're saying. You can do both. I, I, well, we can be doing both. I, I say that we, we, we don't have control of the media, so it's difficult to do both. You have to focus but, on, on actually getting things done for, for the, for, for the except, American worker. Except Khalid, mm -hmm. we do, they do have to follow the president. It's true. Not everybody has to watch uh, Fox. But the president, what he says and what he tweets has to get reported. And if he keeps every single day pounding that we have all this evidence, that we are going to be bringing this out, and we're going to get this guy, we're going to get that guy, just the same way they've been doing to him, it would get reported. It would be known. They can't muzzle the president. Well, I just think that there's a certain portion of the public who is fatigued by all of this. And I think we, we, we run the risk of losing them as well if we don't focus on, on what I agree with you uh, to a certain, I mean, we know there's, I agree with everything you said about the nefarious, you know, activities that are going on in corruption with law enforcement, FBI, I understand all that. But I really do think that if the president continues to move forward and get things done, the voters will see through all of this nonsense, but I don't want to turn into the Democrats. Well, I don't, I really don't. Can I say this? Yes, absolutely. Who support, you know, Trump's support, has been rock solid. I consider myself a Trump supporter, and none of those things that have ever come out have shaken me as far as my support for the president. Well, he needs, and, and I think that will continue to be whether he, whatever he talks about, because they believe in him. We believe in him. But to sway some people who are not as convinced as Trump supporters are, I think it will help a lot if they're really convinced that all the stuff that the Democrats have been accusing him of is exactly what they have been doing. 
And I think that we need to sway those people. He already has his 45%. Okay. You know well, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you to a certain degree, but I will I, I will say that we need to continue to focus on getting things done for the country, which is what this is all supposed to be about. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, the, the, the Democrats, and this is another issue I may talk about tomorrow, they've, they've lied to us for months about the border, and now they've quietly come out and admitted, well, we do have a border crisis. Cory Booker has admitted it. Nancy Pelosi has admitted it. But we had a whole government shutdown where people were saying uh, on the on the on the left that there was not a border crisis. But now you come out and say there is. But they're never going to be called to account to explain why were you saying the opposite the last few months? And we had a shutdown over it because it was a manufactured crisis, allegedly said by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer right after the State of the Union. I agree with with Jeff to a certain degree, but we cannot turn into a litigious investigative party because it's about getting things done period for the country not about destroying the other side i would rather let them destroy themselves which they're doing a pretty pretty good job of it right now um of focused on all these investigations they haven't put forth any meaningful policies over the last few months other than get trump's taxes you know let's uh you know shut the government down propose something that, that people actually can get their head around as opposed to trying to destroy Trump. Because guess what? Trump's not going to be there forever. You still have a country to govern. You still have a country to run. And Republicans need to, because they never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. They've missed an opportunity uh, when they controlled the House and the Senate for two years. Who knows what they were doing? Then they have this sense of desperation when the Democrats take over. Well, you had two years. I don't know what was going on, but you blew it. You don't keep getting these opportunities. So when the Republicans are out of power, they talk about all the right things, fiscal responsibility. Uh, you know, they talk about, you know, border security. But when you have the opportunity to do it, you did not do it. Where was the border funding in that ridiculous spending bill that was signed a couple of years ago? The omnibus spending bill. Where was the border funding then? Where was the, you could have done law funding easily with the trillions you were spending on, 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 on silliness. So they're responsible for this situation to a certain degree, but focus on getting things done. No more investigations because I don't think it's going to benefit the country. And that's just where I stand. Um, the, I don't, as a rule, and I have nothing, I have some friends that are lawyers. I have nothing against lawyers. However, as a rule, when it comes to national office, I tend not to vote for lawyers locally. Yes. <laughs> Nationally. No. Um, because this is what lawyers do. They are experts at, you know, the law and they know how to, you know, gunk up things with with legality. And I think that that's what's going on. They know how to subpoena records. They know how to slow down the process. This is what lawyers do. And this is what what's going on. This is a battle of lawyers chasing Trump's taxes. Now uh, they're subpoenaing. Uh, they, they've issued a subpoena for uh, his his tax records and. Now we have a long court battle about his tax records. Enough of this investigative state. We have administrative state, which is bad enough. Now we have an investigative state. Don't understand it. I really don't like it. It's about getting things done, trying to improve this country, because we are not going to get too many shots at really moving forward if we don't take advantage 
of the time now to get things done. We have we have some serious issues going on in this country. And I think that uh, I'm, I'm just sick of the nonsense. I don't want us to turn into the litigation state. That was the first hour. Uh, I'm trying to loosen up now, sitting on the big stage. Uh, I am Khalid Namar in for Bob France. I will be back on the other side and uh, we'll talk to my friend Scott Eulinger of the CIA. So I'll see you on the other side. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.